Hello and welcome to Instant Friends, the podcast where we introduce you to people in and around Orlando to show you Florida isn't so bad after all. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Jones, and with me is my wife, Kendra. And then today, we have a very special guest, local celebrity. No, but uh, yeah, we, uh, we've like lately we've just been catching up with people that we haven't caught up in a while. This is kind of different because me and you see each other almost daily. Yeah. So, um, but today we have Peter Summers. Hi, hello. Or Peter Lee Summers. You want the full name? Yeah, Peter Lee Summers. I like to just go by Peter Lee, though. Yeah. It's like uh, yeah, my for, alias. On, honestly, like, so this is a running theme. I have, I'm bad with last names. Mm-hmm. As far as just, like, making sure or worried that I'm mispronouncing them or whatever. For yours, for the longest time, I thought that it was Lee. Oh, I get that all the time. I was actually talking to somebody at the market the other day, um, just like a normal or regular customer there. And mm-hmm. they're like, you mean your last name's not Lee? I was like, no, it's way more white than that. I'm sorry to yeah. mislead you. I think the Lee part also seem, makes me seem like racist because I just assumed that it was Lee. Oh, well, yeah. that's like everyone else I meet then. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, yeah, Peter's Asian. That's why I'm saying <laughs> that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so we, we usually start kind of like uh, where we met. I actually had known about you before working at Luma. Mm-hmm. I had heard through uh, stories and stuff like that. Because, uh, like, honestly, man, I have, like, mad respect for your, like, your cooking skills and your work ethic, and, like, your uh, honesty. Oh, thank you. Across the board. So, uh, but I'd heard about, you know, um, just, like, that kitchen and just, like, you know, from you. But then meeting you is, uh, you know, I think you trained me one of my first days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just it was, you know, great to kind of meet you. And I had mad respect from day one for you. Yeah, whatever, was it so. a lot of it just from uh, from Bruno? Yeah, was some from, from Bruno. And then I think maybe a couple other people might have who had been around the scene. Yeah. Might have said something. I, I think, you know, beforehand, Bruno was, like, what I was, was uh, like leading up to that was like trying to psych me out about it. Like telling me that like, oh, dude, it's going to be like a like a like a culture shock for you going there. Like just he was just like trying to like, you know, he's jabbing at me like constantly. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Peter's, you know, like just naming off people that are just going to, you know, <laughs> ride my balls and stuff. You know what I mean? But, I mean, it did happen a little bit. Um, yeah. I just know like Bruno's experience whenever he was there was just completely different yeah, yeah. to the Luma that we worked at. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you grew up in. South Carolina or North? Both. So born in North Carolina, uh, moved to South Carolina probably when I was like four. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent the majority of my childhood there and then moved back to North Carolina. Yeah. And you, uh, your dad was in the military? Was Yeah. Uh, United States Marine Corps. Nice. Um, so he so he's really kind and nice to you. Oh, my gosh. He was. <laughs> I love my father, but he used to fuck me up. Can I yeah. curse on this? Is this okay? Yeah. Yeah. You can <laughs> yeah. say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah, dude. We're drinking whiskey. I yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was really interesting because like I grew up while my dad was still active. Oh yeah. Uh, or, is that the right word? I'm going to, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's active. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Active um, duty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he was in for 20 years and, uh, the majority of the time, like what I remember growing up as a child was when he was a DI on Paris Island. So it was like him in like probably his early thirties, super angry, didn't know how to deal with his own crap. And then he's just like beating recruits down all day and then he comes home to my brother and i and we do something stupid so he just beats us down oh damn well paris island is that you say what'd you say paris island? yeah paris island so that's the east coast or the training base for marines uh mm. east of the mississippi oh shit so every marine goes out at either paris island and then there's another uh training base uh in california 
And how long did, was he in the Marines your entire time you were a uh, youth, like all the way up to you graduated or Yeah, so he retired out? in 99. So up until I was about nine or 10 years oh, old. Oh shit, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that was- So probably, prime years. Yeah. And uh, so he he's a white man. Yeah. Yeah. And, so from then, Kentucky. Yeah. Ex- from Kentucky. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. yeah. So Little he's, boy. dude, yeah. Like he's, tiny town, like farmer town. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's about as wide as you can get. That's awesome. And then, uh, but how did, and your mom is full Chinese, right? My mom's Malaysian. Malaysian. Well, yeah. So when my, my dad did a lot of embassy duty. Okay. Um, while he was enlisted. So he was stationed in Malaysia. I forget the years. It was probably like early eighties. And that's where he met my mom. Um, she was living, she was just like, was born and raised in mm-hmm. Malaysia. Yeah. Like small little town in Malaysia. She bounced around a little bit, but all within the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and wherever he was stationed at, I forget, um, where it was, they, like some of the locals would hang out with a lot of the guys that were stationed there at the time. And they just had mutual friends that basically like pushed them together. And did she speak English? Yeah. So where my mom, my mom grew up, her school was actually English speaking. Oh. So she basically was raised knowing how to speak English, um, Malay and Hokkien, which is like her native dialect, which is, a, I believe a Chinese dialect. Wow. So they, they get married. And then they move to South Carolina or, or they like, they're in the South. Yeah. So, I mean, they bounce around. My brother was born in uh, England, actually. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so by the time I was born, they had settled in North Carolina um, in Jacksonville, which is a, another base up there. Um, and then moved down to South Carolina whenever he got transferred to Paris Island to be a DI. And I spent the majority of my time there. And that's when... Like my mom opened, started getting into restaurants and opened yeah. a few restaurants down there. Yeah. And uh, so how old were you when she started opening restaurants? Ooh, um, probably like four, five years oh, old. Yeah. yeah. She already so it's had, had her in first it. one. Yeah. I mean, well, I told you that I told you that recently, like that uh, we had gotten just like American Chinese food recently. Mm-hmm. And like, there was just a chubby little fat kid eating uh fried, uh, you know, uh, crab wontons or whatever the fuck in the back. And he just like, he was just sitting there playing, playing a switch. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, that I, I, I couldn't even imagine that being my life, but, uh, like just like just hanging out in there, like yeah, around all that food. I can tell you it's boring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, my brother and I had to do it all the time. Like summers were like that. We just sat at the restaurant all day long. And, uh, Sometimes we're working, most of the time we're not, and it's just boring as fuck. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. My yeah. mom owned, uh, my family owned a daycare when mm. I was like, you know, 12, or oh, maybe younger than that, maybe like eight. And uh, it was the same thing. Like, even though, even sometimes when they like, when they were renovating or off hours, it'd be the same thing. It'd be like, all right, I'm just sitting here like yeah. for like hours and hour and hour. My mom would do paperwork and shit like that. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, Chinese restaurant and like, so cooking on a walk, all that shit as like a young kid or I I didn't do too much with the walk. My brother was a little older than me. He's three years older. So Mm -hmm. he actually was like doing a lot more intensive cooking. Um, in that time I was like the donut guy. So I would open the packets of Pillsbury dough, put the hole in it and toss them in the fryer, flip them with a chopstick. Nice. That was like my favorite thing to do because I could just like mess around with oil. Yeah. Um, and then outside of that, it'd be like prep work. So I'd sit in a booth and they would just like drop down a case of green beans and I would have to pick all the stems off. So oh, I'd just sit yeah. there and I'd like po- play Pokemon or watch TV and pick green beans. Dude. Um, that must have been like a hardcore flashback like for Luma because so much of that job at Luma or one of the aspects of the job was just massive amounts of mm-hmm. one uh, task prep. Well, I think that's like the 
the fucked up beauty of being in restaurants is no matter what, you can never get away from the tedious prep work. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, you know, we'd spend what, four hours pinching tortellinis. Yeah. Just like the same monotonous task yeah. over and over. And, uh, man, and like, so what do you think that that kind of shaped you wanting to work? Like, was there any like aspect of it as a kid where you're like, I'm going to do this when I grow up? No, not at all. It actually like made me hate it, not want it yeah. at all. Cause you know, there wasn't always a, a lot of money in it either. Mm-hmm. So coming into like high school, my goal was to be an engineer and make a shit ton of money mm-hmm. and just like live a lavish life, not work really hard. Um, But I've always had restaurant jobs as like, you know, supplemental income uh, through high school and college. Yeah. And it wasn't until I actually left college, moved back home uh, when I was living in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I started working at this club, which was surprisingly really nice. Like I went in there, um, I think it was like in the first week. uh, The chef I was working for, Bobby Zimmerman, fantastic guy. He and everyone else just had so much passion for what they were doing. And it like blew my mind. To club, you mean country club, right? Yeah, country club. Oh, yeah. yeah. First, first instinct. Yeah. I was, I was like, like so I was envisioning like some sort of like Latin a, dance. Oh, like that, that, like that, that was club. that was yeah, slinging food or yeah, <laughs> a, a strip club buffet. I was like, oh man, this guy's you know. Anyways, continue. No, so. yeah. So it was a really cool experience because just seeing how passionate people were about cooking and food kind of blew my mind, and everything just started to connect at that point for me because I'd always been in food, always involved in restaurants. All my jobs were at restaurants. Um, I was also doing a lot of psychedelics then. Nice. So I think everything was just like anything could connect for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was like, I already knew I hated school. Like I left college and I was like, this is not what I want to do at yeah. all. Um, so it kind of just like paved the way for me to really go like headfirst into a career. What was your uh, um, ideal of psych- uh, psychedelic that you were like? This- I ate a lot, mostly psilocybin, but I loved LSD. Yeah. Um, I dabbled like DMT and a few other things, but yeah. I think it was just easier for me to get psilocybin. So I just ate it all the time. I used to plan it out because I was like the prep guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd go to work at eight in the morning, leave around three. So I'd eat it in my car uh, on my drive home. By the time I like got home and like cozy, I'd start coming up and I'd be off my trip in time to still sleep and then go back to work at eight the next day. <laughs> like I had it all planned out. It was great. What was your like, uh, like t- what were you doing? Just watching TV? Like what was, uh, is there something that you're like, uh, you were regularly doing like that you're like, was really kicking things for you? Like kicking things loose in your brain? Yeah. My favorite thing is like, you have to be isolated by yourself yeah. and just have, you know, I'd listen to a lot of Tool and other, yeah. uh, what is it? Pink Floyd, other, yeah. like, you know, iconic yeah. mm-hmm. trippy music. Um, but that's what really did it for me was I would just sit in a room by myself and then get lost in my own mind and yeah. just start breaking myself down. Yeah, dude, I, I like for like, I know we've done mushrooms tons of times and like, but it's always been together or, and we've always, you, we most always are out doing something like we're on mm-hmm. vacation or like we're at the beach or whatever the hell. And like, uh, like a couple weeks ago, I don't know, maybe it's a couple months. It was in December. Um, Kendra was gone and I did it alone like isolated mm-hmm. by myself with like list, doing the same thing, like listening to music, whatever. And I just started just like, like same thing, just breaking myself down, but also like, like rebuilt, rebuilding. Like I was like, Oh, yeah. you're okay with it. Like, this is okay. This that you overthink about. It's mm-hmm. all right. And it's not that yeah. Bad. That's the beauty of it. You have to like yeah. really get down to like the raw, like the root of uh, whatever problem mm-hmm. or like thing that you find. And then you come out of it. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And I think a lot of people that talk about having bad trips just don't, like come to terms and don't want to come out on yeah. top. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, uh, that's a that's a great like a uh, point. I think that people that 
have uh, bad trips too, aren't like going in, like you said, with an like a idea in, in mind that, hey, this, I'm going to work on this or mm-hmm. I think about this. They're like, I'm just, I'm just freaking out. Like, yeah. I mean, hardly ever do we actually like full blown hallucinate. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, oh, yeah. we will we'll, like, you know, take small, small doses and stuff like that. You know, just oh, I do like going like real deep. We have, we have, we have, I'm not saying yeah. we have, I mean, we did, uh, we did acid like for the mm-hmm. first time last year. And that was like the longest, like four hours of my life. Oh man. Yeah. It was, it was dude, and like, like it lasted four days. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> yeah. and it was just like, and also I have all, all my paintings or I have a bunch of paintings on the wall. So those are just like, Oh yeah. Especially your kind of art. I can yeah. see that, oh, that really was, messing with you. The, yeah. The demons coming out. Yeah. <laughs> or like I saw, I saw the demon that I put in the painting. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, so yeah, we're so you realize you left to cook in the club, the country club, and like, uh, at, like, are your parents still together? And they're still like, are they, no, are they, they got divorced. Um, man, I don't know what year it was. I was probably like seven. Oh, okay, yeah. or no, it was after he retired. So it had to have been like it was two thousand one, maybe. So I was around eleven, twelve. Oh yeah. Only reason I asked is I didn't know like what what was their thoughts. Like uh, they have they have separate thoughts of like you becoming a cook. Was like your mom proud or like what she's like. Don't do it. Like uh, she never was necessarily against it, and like she was just like, "Oh, okay, you know, it's like a job for you." Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's kind of traditional Asian fashion. She was always like, "No, be like a lawyer or doctor, yeah, or like yeah. be real successful." <clears throat> and she never really pushed it on me, but she definitely like heavily suggested that I should be doing something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think my dad. So I. I lived with my dad after they got divorced. Mm-hmm. So he just saw me go through like high school and like my ups and downs at college. And he's just, I think he was like, I'm just going to let this guy figure out what he likes and what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so he trying to get you to join the Marines. No, it was funny. Like I'm the one that he's like, yeah, you're not, you shouldn't be a Marine. Like that's oh, not yeah. your thing. You yeah. want you should do other stuff. Yeah. Uh, cause my brother ended up enlisting. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it was always like the family joke. It's like, yeah, Peter's not going to be a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I, dude, I was so close to joining the uh, like the army. Like I was like, literally, like he like a recruiter came to my house mm-hmm. and like like the whole thing. Like I was like a day away from signing, and then like Kendra was like, "Don't do it. Like, <laughs> we'll just get married and like get drunk and have fun." Ah, so she got you with the marriage. Yeah, yeah. she did. She did. <laughs> and I was like. You're right. Do I want to hang out with this uh, hot 18 year old, or mm-hmm. do I want to go hang out with a bunch of men? <laughs> and I chose my. I made. I made the right choice. That's a, yeah, yeah, good move. Yeah, I had a, I had a friend that uh, he joined, and he was like, "Dude, so glad you didn't. Be glad you didn't." You yeah, know? he was in the army. He was like, I honestly think about it every once in a while. Like it still crosses my mind, but yeah. I'm now at an age where it's. They yeah, I mean, make shape really your uh, beautiful long hair. I mean, <laughs> uh, fuck the hair, dude. I just want like more like a. Uh, Firearm training, really. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like kind of free firearm training, but it's not really free because I'm signing away four years of my life minimum. Yeah, exactly. But also you get pretty good pension on that shit or whatever. Oh, yeah. The jive bill and everything's great now. Yeah. But so, yeah, fire. That's a good uh, segue. Firearms. You Mm -hmm. think you love them. I know that. I do. I do. You think you get it. If you got the cooking from your mom, you think you got the fire stuff from your dad. Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up with guns around. We would go shooting. My One of my... First uh, rifles that I, or my first rifle that I ever got, I was probably eight years old and we were at my grandfather's in Kentucky and my dad bought my brother and I both a bolt action rifle for Christmas. And then we went and shot turtles at the Uh, farm. Did you ever do hunting or you just like just shooting? No. uh, Yeah. It was just, uh, just kind of learning firearm safety and like proper handling. mm -hmm. Um, My dad used to hunt when he was younger, but never whenever we were kids. And my Mm -hmm. brother now is a huge hunter. Um, he goes deer hunting all the time in Louisiana now, whether it be bow or uh, with a gun. And it's something that I really want to do. Yeah, same. Like, I I did it when I was, like, 
13, 14, did a lot of duck hunting and deer hunting and stuff growing up. Mm-hmm. And then like, and then I had that hard re- like rebel stage in my, uh, you know, like teen, later teens where I was like, fuck camo, fuck mm-hmm. hunting. Like, I just was like, it's not for me. I'm like gonna, I'm gonna, you know, be a mix between, um, wearing Hollister and Timberlands and, uh, <laughs> watch BET and MTV at the same time. That yeah. type of guy. Oh, so but, like everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Group. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so against it. But lately I've been like. Kind of like I've been really wanting to buy a bow. Like I've been wanting to like go bow, bow hunting like real bad. Dude, it, I really want to build one. Build one? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They seem really awesome. Uh, yeah. I've watched a bunch of obviously YouTube videos. You know, yeah. they just teach you everything. Uh, it's not too difficult, but it kind of is. Like get it right. But I just want to play with it just to like tinker. Yeah. Like the well, like the show alone. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Is that uh, when it's a group of people or is it they just drop like a couple in the middle? They drop like um, like 10 different people out in the middle of like Mm -hmm. the Alaskan wilderness. And it's like whoever can last the longest. And they only have like 10 items. Yeah, that's right. And like, uh, but anyways, like there's a guy like, like um, I think it was like season four last that killed like a, like a, like a whole, like, um, like a moose, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. He just like from like, you know, like 300 yards or something insane. Yeah, maybe not 300 yards. That's, 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 it might be impractical. With, with a bow? Yeah. Yeah, that's a little far. Yeah. Yeah. I, as I said, 300, I realized that was bullshit. <laughs> uh, anyways, all right. So, um, you're, uh, cooking at the club mm-hmm. and then, uh, you're like, oh, I like this. Yeah. Psych- psychedelics. I was, so I was at the club for, I want to say four years and I learned all my foundational skills there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, so this guy, I think once I moved from prep onto stations, so the club was broken up where, we had a fine dining dining uh, fine dining area, which was right off the back of the banquet kitchen. And then down the hallway, like through the club, we had a tavern, which was like a bar and grill. Um, and then we had, I think, three or four different outlets where we would just have like chicken salad sandwiches and egg salad for the golf courses. Um, so I got put onto the fine dining area pretty quick. And I mean, I didn't know shit. Um, mm-hmm. I was just working garbage day and I already had decent knife skills um, prior to because I was doing uh, culinary arts in high school. I watched a lot of Food Network and back then you actually learned a lot of stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. I, was about, like, I, was about I, say, I felt yeah. like it was actually like m- way more beneficial to teach you foundational skills. What was your go-to show back then? Like the Back then, were? honestly, I watched a lot of like Rachel Ray. Yeah. Um, what was it? Not East Meets West. Uh, yeah, Ming Tsai. Okay. Yeah. Um, I watched a lot of uh, Iron Chef. Like the, oh, like yeah. The, the old school. Yeah, one. the old like, one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was definitely there. That was always yeah. like later in night, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> it was really cool while I was working there because even like when I, sorry, when I was just starting Garmage, my chef made me go in the office and pull out the French laundry and read about Big Pop Blanching. You know, I was mm-hmm. ni- 18 or 19 and I'm just being trained in a way that really nice restaurants would train a cook. Yeah, like yeah, really early on. So this guy's just like, I'm in at a club in South Carolina, and I'm just like taking yeah. this food crazy seriously. Like, yeah, he's just way overqualified. That's what I'm saying. Like that seems like so. I mean, not to say that South Carolina doesn't have great food, but I'm just saying that it seems like such a random place to, you know, develop those skills or have someone try to develop them. For yeah, you. definitely. And I think I probably wouldn't be a doing or where I'm at now if it, I didn't meet Bobby and like that whole team then. Because mm-hmm. um, even the Sioux, uh, Will Bystricky, amazing. He was a monster. And I remember for a long time I worked with him. I'm like, how does the guy just keep going? And I worked with him a few years later at a different club in the mountains of North Carolina. And I found out he was on Vivance. And I was like, oh, you've been cheating this whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cool because I when I moved to like saute and stuff, they were just like, cool, you got to break down the salmon. You have to break down this fish. And I literally never yeah. had broken down a fish. So 
I'd sneak off and I'd ask the uh, purchase manager who was a chef for a long time. I'm like, hey, can you show me like how to do this real quick? Or they would say all these French words. I didn't know what they were. So I'd hide in the corner and get on Google and Google it um, and like just teach myself that way. I would just say, okay, write down my notebook and then hide in the corner and teach myself real quick and then just kind of half ass until I got it. Nice. I mean, I've, I've def, I definitely did that at Luma once or twice. Maybe not like a, a specific thing, but or dispelling stuff was my thing. Oh, like, yeah. Like, 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 I'm not about to misspell what I'm putting on where everyone's going to see it. So I would like, <laughs> I, would, I would try like five times on Google before yeah. it was like, that's this way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. So, that, I mean, that's fantastic that you met that guy. I mean, is he still, do you still talk to him? Uh, no, we had like a weird falling out. Yeah. So, you know, uh, my ex, Jess, yeah. she was actually my sous chef at that club, and that's mm-hmm. how we met. Um, so, a few years down while we're dating, um, I had left the club and she was still there and she was just on Ray about work there. And then I might've said a few words to him that weren't appropriate. Oh, uh, okay. So kind of like, you're pretty, you're still like early twenties. It was like 24. Oh yeah. Time. I was probably 22, 23 at this time. Um, but I did go home two years ago back to Wilmington and he just opened up a restaurant, I think three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went by to see him. I brought him a bunch of ferments that we did at Luma. Oh, nice. I mean, I brought him a bunch of jars, like pickled blueberries to lacto ferment stuff. I brought him some mother and we just talked and caught up a little bit like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, we didn't keep in contact over, you know, the seven year span. Yeah. That we didn't talk at all. Did, uh, you eat at the restaurant? Uh, yeah. So I went there with my, my dad, my stepmom, and my little sisters and it well, was good. It was good. Yeah. It's, I was gonna ask. it's kind of like a segue. It, it was, it's kind of what we were doing at the club, mm-hmm. but toned down some. Uh, and like the area that it's in, it just, you know, he's appealing to the customer base. So it's not super adventurous and yeah. it's not, you know, Hulk cuisine, but it's solid for what it is and it's good. And I think that's something I'm learning more and more in my career is that really pretentious, uh, like over egotistical side of me. Like when it comes to food is just, is naive. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's not what's actually going to make a business successful. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like trying to figure out the balance of the two. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good point. I mean, there's so many, I mean, there's so many places that uh, you go to, especially in this town that it's like, it's either one or the other. Mm-hmm. Like I said, and like when you do hit it on the mark where it's nice and balanced, like for instance, I would say like swine sense. Oh yeah. I would, I would say that is like a good example of that particular thing where there's like a heavy, hefty amount of skill and like knowledge and stuff involved. But there's also stuff that's like, we're going to make a, an amazing smash burger. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, they're not like, they're not going out of their way to like, try to be like, Hey, look at this wild thing that we're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, we're going to do this. It's just good, clean technique. Yeah, exactly. And Orlando meets is, I think is a lot of the same Oh way. man. Yeah. I love LA for that because he, I like, cause he has such an open experimentation side of himself mm-hmm. that he does is like unwavering with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, what's great about Elliot is he's like, I don't care. I'm going to do some crazy, stupid pickle. Mm-hmm. With some like weird Asian noodle thing, and then I want to put a really retarded name with it that no one will ever understand what it means. <laughs> um, but he will always do that, and he'll never not. Yeah, I love that. Oh yeah, yeah, that has to be. That's very respectable. Yeah. I mean, so um, yeah. So you're you. Well, at what point were you like? All right, I'm gonna move from South Carolina. I mean, because that had to be in like uh, your radar. Like I, because even talking to you and like knowing you as well as I do, uh, you don't strike me as someone that would be like comfortable just like i'm gonna live in south carolina all my life oh you know yeah I mean? no oh, i'm sorry that wasn't north carolina so south carolina what did i say this was south it was, oh, I was in north oh, carolina. oh yeah, yeah but yeah. uh yeah so at that time i was ready to move on i actually moved six hours west uh in the mountains of north carolina for two seasons mm-hmm. uh, at another club i was just ready to go and i worked out there and it wasn't as like nice 
as far as like culinarily goes. Um, but I got to play some really sick golf courses. Yeah. And that was really nice. So I kind of just, I guess it was kind of a segue of meeting some new people that were really well off. Um, and then during the off season of those times, my mom just ended up always calling me and being like, Hey, I really need help at my restaurant. So I was half the year in South Carolina, actually in the town that I grew up in or like near Paris Island. Uh, what was it? Port Royal. My mom had a, a Japanese hibachi and sushi spot. So I'd go there and work in the back kitchen, um, in the off season and then go back to the mountains and work during the season there. Oh, nice. Uh, and that was that's very uh, nice of you. Uh, well, I mean, I couldn't say no. <laughs> yeah. She kind of like guilts me into it, but yeah. also like I'm her son, so I'm, I can't say no. And she paid me pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's crazy hours. The Asians uh, are like the Chinese, like the Fuchao people. So she works with a lot of like Fuchanese uh, as business partners. Dude, six days a week, open and close. She's still she's still there. Uh, she good. has a restaurant in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, where she lives now. Yeah. Um, similar, or I think a few of the same partners, but uh, like they're all like super interconnected. Yeah, I was about to say, like, how is she just like, is she just like partnering with people to open these restaurants or like? Yeah, she's like the um, the paperwork person. So her English is good. She understands how to set up accounts, how to do all the um, like city permits and all that. So they her main job is always to set up the accounts. It's always. Um, how can we get legal so that we can run this business? And then she comes in as like a small partner, maybe like 5%. Oh yeah. So um, she's not back there. Like, like this whole time I envisioned her like with a white apron and like no. and a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. This <laughs> work on a walk. But, no, that's a, but I, I have seen a lot of that. Yeah. Usually from like the old Asian guys. Yeah. Um, no. So she hasn't been like active in the kitchen probably since I was 13, even maybe younger. Uh, so she always works front. She's like the people person. Mm. she she's still to this day will be like oh they come here because of me okay <laughs> they know me they only come for to see me okay la? <laughs> uh, yeah mom sure I love it but she's a very much like a people person yeah. she makes friends with everyone and I have seen there's a lot of customers that like recognize her and come see her um, so she but she's still like on her feet 55 55 hours a week now still yeah. and she's almost 70 has a lot of health problems and I'm like you need to just get off your feet but she yeah. like works the host stand yeah, checks on stuff, does all that jazz. Well, that's good. I mean, stay busy. That's that's it's wild crazy. though. But she, but she probably would never retire, right? You, yeah, I mean, even if she wanted to, she couldn't. <laughs> she didn't really set that up. Uh, so okay. I learned from that too. Yeah, right. On. See, at least you're learning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so you're helping out her, and then you're like, I, I got to move. Yeah. Um. Actually, so Jess and I were together, and so we were at the club in North Carolina in the mountains in Highlands. We met. Uh, John Rife's parents and John Rife is the owner of Easton Market. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually talked to Jess and were like, Hey, we really need someone to help our son run the kitchen how of this even, market. Sorry, how do they even get to talk like talk to Jess? I mean, which, uh, uh, at did. this time, she had I had convinced her to move up uh, there with me for like so we were together. So, like, we did long distance for a little bit mm-hmm. and then we moved together to Highlands um, for that season. And so she was working at one of the like outlets, um, like the ninth hole kind of thing. Oh, okay. And so, you know, she had more interaction with members and oh, that's okay, how she yeah. met them. And yeah. they're like, oh, you're so great. You're such a talented chef. And like, we're working like, you know, we're making like hot dogs and shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's pretty ironic. But yeah, so she actually uh, had went to high school in St. Cloud, I think, something like okay. that. So she was already kind of from here and we both didn't know what we wanted to do. So when the market was an option, I came down because she already came here 
was setting it up. And so I came down and that's when Chocos was being open. So I met Henry Salgado and I'm 23 and, you know, I'm just full of piss and vinegar and I'm like ready to yeah. go. I meet this guy. He's like, yeah, I need employees. I think it was probably his first hire outside of like his normal group that he like pulled from Spanish River. And I came in that restaurant and uh, I remember like he had like, we need another suit, but no one was given the title. And I was like, I'm just going to fucking outwork everyone. Mm -hmm. I want to be here all day long. I want to work harder than everyone else. And I realized really quick that the skill level that I was at, like not trying to blow myself up, but was way beyond the other people that we had hired. Yeah. And so it made me, first of all, second guess, like what kind of talent was in Orlando. Yeah. Um, you know, little did I know. I mean, I was in a tiny bubble. I just moved yeah. here. I didn't know shit. Yeah. Well, like, uh, let's back up real, real quick though. Um, like what, what was your thoughts of like Orlando? Like, were you like, before you got here, were you like, oh, it's gonna be dope. Like, I mean, cause we talked to, uh, we've talked to people that, you know, I have anyways, but of like that grew up here and like, you know, about the whole perception of like what people see Orlando from the outside. in. I know us even like, it's just the theme parks. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And like, same thing as like, it's kind of to your point of like the, you know, the talent or the cooking talent or even the bubble here in Orlando. It's like, it's so weird and pocketed, but especially the restaurant industry, it's kind of like a, like, I feel like people either take it for, or take it for granted or don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. To some extent, or like, you know, oh, I mean? definitely. So, and I, I guess coming here, I never only thought of Orlando as like just a theme park town. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did most only know about Disney, um, but I had some pre knowledge just because Jess was from here. Um, but the restaurant scene had really uh, increased and like was just better from the last time she lived here. Mm -hmm. And my first real experience was in Audubon. Um, so I was like, oh man, this place is really cool. And I come from like smaller towns. So yeah. for me, it was a really cool segue to come here because it's like a little, it's like a midsize. It's like kind of big, kind of not, but there's a lot of cool little pocket communities. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like going to New York city and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, why, exactly. why is that chick naked in the subway? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I actually, I took to it really well. Um, I re I love this place. Like I would have moved uh, a few years ago cause you know, whatever life happens. And so I was like, you know, I can just get the fuck out of here. Um, but I was excited with like the restaurant opportunity and I remember going to Stardust, like walking across, you know, uh, yeah. a few blocks down. I was like, well, these place, this place has tater tots. Yeah. <laughs> I like this place. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. And like, that's kind of like, we were kind of introduced because we lived in New Smyrna first before moving here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was kind of like, it wasn't just a cold move for us. That's what I was asking. And like, and I, we kind of like, we're the same way. We grew up in small towns, even New Smyrna. Is like uh, is a tiny town, mm -hmm. and like the biggest city we lived in was like Pittsburgh, and that was even for like a huge span of time. Mm -hmm. we didn't even live in yeah, Pittsburgh. we didn't even live in Pittsburgh. It was outside of it. So it's like for for us, we also like love it. Like I love like loved every aspect of it. We loved like the scene and stuff like that. And like mm -hmm. I remember like Bruno used to bitch in like before we moved here and stuff. It was like he's like, there's no no good cooks in Orlando. Like you know what I mean, and like he would like you know constantly like break that kind of thing. You know, which is like. It's just a testament to you know different other things, but like yeah, th that that comment, but um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I was just I, I same way as you were like when I came, we were like oh shit, check out this place and like little pockets, little restaurants and stuff, and like and now, even now we find a place like what the hell is this and like you go mm -hmm. in, and it's just some weird uh, you know like um, you know middle eight uh, like a Malaysian restaurant you know in the middle of like yeah mills on top of like a you know a building you yeah know I mean like. So it's like all those little things there, you know, it's fantastic about it. So, yeah, no, and that's, I love, I've loved seeing the growth. So I think I've lived here seven years now. Wow. It's been a long time now mm -hmm. uh, thinking about it. 
Um, but just seeing what's come up and especially now it's like even more uh, exponential growth where a lot of really cool restaurants and people are like starting their own businesses. And I think that that is what really sold me was coming in Audubon and meeting um, a lot of really cool people that own their own businesses and had a lot of cool, like tight circles, but everyone was just very friendly. Uh, and to me, it was like, I mean, I grew up in a beach town for the most part in North Carolina and I just didn't have as interesting people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was my first time like meeting, and everyone was much older than me too. I mean, everyone was already probably like 32 when I was still a 23 year old and they were just like settled in their lives. They knew like what hobbies they liked and, um, they're running their own businesses and everything was like really interesting to me just to see like really cool dynamics and depth of character. Um, and that's what really sells me in this area is like the people. And yeah. I think that's why I've stayed is I've met some amazing people in this town that yeah. I love and have like long lifelong connections with now. Um, yeah. And I would never trade that for anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of the whole reason we started this mm-hmm. is because like, uh, we, like just in Florida in, in general is like me I, and most everyone that I'm close with and friends with or know or whatever are like have or were or ne- even now working in some sort of restaurant capacity. Like mm-hmm. that's it's just like it's such a community and you meet someone from that knows this person that knows that person yeah. that, that cooks over there. So it's like, uh, it, it is like, it's for being so spread out like Orlando and being like so big. Yeah. It, it is like very, like the pockets of like groups are like tight. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I could say someone's name and you could be like, oh yeah, I know, you know, you yeah. know that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it does kind of work like that. And I think that's fascinating. Um, so you're at Choco's and you're like, oh shit, I'm better than everybody else. And I'm just going to outwork everyone. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I did. I just fucking, I just bulldozed everyone over. Nice. Um, I think I got like the suit position within two months and there, I mean, there's like a vivid memory of me breaking down ribeyes. Like, so we were doing bone in ribeyes. We were calling them chula tones. It was just like a 32 ounce bone in. Um, and I was just cleaning the bones off and it was a technique that I had learned from this hippie dude, Ricky at the club in, uh, Wilmington. Great guy. I dreaded his hair by the way too. Nice. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted my hair dreaded. I'll do it for you. I've done three heads. Oh, yeah. Please, no. I'll yeah, back, like, home, I, I'll back I, dude, home the shit out of it. Dude, I, I, ever since I was a kid, I wanted it. And then, like, I had my hair kind of long during quarantine. And I had, I was like, Kendra, hook me up. <laughs> she wouldn't, she would say, she, she, she kept trying and, like, being like, oh, I can't do this. But I think she was just lying. Yeah, she uh, just didn't want to do it. <laughs> no, she you're, do you're talking about cornrows, not dress. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. cornrows. Yeah. yeah. Cornrows. I can't do cornrows. <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah. Well. Now I look like an idiot. Anyways, so uh, uh, cool so there's technique. A, there's like, a point, yeah. I'm like breaking down rib. Or, sorry, Henry's breaking down ribeyes, mm-hmm. and like in my mind, like oh, this guy's like a big dick in this town. He's opening this restaurant, and you know, I'm still not really in cl- uh, in tune with the culinary scene here. And I see this guy like struggling clean these bones, and I was like, oh, yeah, chef, you, I can show you uh, this cool technique that I know, and. It's basically just splitting the membrane on the back of the bone and then just using the back of your knife to just basically push the membrane off. It's just quick. It's clean. It's efficient. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I've never seen it done like that. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And then it just kept compiling. There was other like little tips and tricks that I had learned. You know, I'm still really young and yeah. really early in my career. And I'm like, what the fuck does this guy know? So then I started questioning everything. I was like, I got these crazy kids on the line so elliot actually worked for me at this time Mm -hmm. and i used to just shit on him every day i used to beat him down um 
because he he was a, he had a big dick or excuse me ego <laughs> <laughs> i don't actually know how big his dick is <laughs> Uh, uh, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, Good to know. yeah anyway. but he had a huge ego. And I was like, dude, I don't even know any of these places you're talking about. You have like, but I'm looking at you work and there's no way you worked at anywhere. And like, you just, you're sloppy. You don't yeah. know what you're doing. You can't even cut a fucking small dice. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. Um, but once I started realizing like, okay, this guy isn't at the level that I really want to learn from. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I got to play with this really awesome Osseldor. Yeah. You know, we had a wood fire grill. We had a grill works and I worked that a lot. And I just got my experience with that. Got a little bit of management experience. And um, Josh Oakley randomly texted me one day. And this was like just in the back of my mind. I was like ready to leave. And for me, it was like synchronicity. I was like, oh, you know, I put the energy out in the universe and it's like coming back now. Yeah. <laughs> That's all those uh, psychedelics. Yeah. They're yeah. still in there. Yeah. yeah. It's still working. <laughs> and, uh, so Oakley just texts me and he's like, hey, I heard you're kind of like maybe wanting to leave and I really need a sous chef. Uh, and Mike Garcia of Everett mm. Farms was the sous at the time and he was ready to leave to start farming. So I met with Josh and I remember my interview with him. I was wearing a Grateful Dead shirt <laughs> and like short khakis. I didn't even in the time, like I didn't even think about it being like a proper interview, which yeah, I, was I probably should have. I was, I was going to say, like, it was that that piss and vinegar. Was that that like, like I'm, I'm this, like, had, do you think that, and you're in your subconscious that you had elevated yourself to a point where you're like, <laughs> if I, I'm going to get this job and I'm going to crush it no matter what I wear. No, I think that was like blissful ignorance. I just haven't done like real interviews that I just didn't even think about it because mm -hmm. it also like I don't know if you've ever talked to Josh. He's super nonchalant and like just chill. So like when I'm talking to him on the phone, I'm just like, this guy doesn't give a fuck if I wear a button up shirt. Like yeah. I'm just going to show up one day on my day off and we're going to chat. And that's what it was. I mean, he sat at the bar. I sat in the booth in the middle of the bison. We had a beer. Yeah. And we just kind of talked about food and our, like like our passion and stuff. And at the time, I didn't give a fuck. I just wanted to leave. And there was a management position. And I really wanted to learn more about sausages and meat and bait, like smoking and everything, which he was doing. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a perfect segue to learn a new part of food that I haven't had experience in yet. Um get to manage a place and it was a much, much smaller, dingier kitchen. So yeah. it was like a whole new uh, set of obstacles to like yeah. learn how to deal with. Yeah. I, uh, I always say like, um, like going to, for me, like going to kitchen to kitchen, it's like, you're kind of just accumulating a toolbox. Yeah. You're exactly. just like, it's like, you're not like, you're just like, Hey, I have this now. Like, even if you go to a place and you're like, all right, well, I know how to do 80% of these things. There's still a 20% where you can be like, all right, well, I got a hammer now. Yeah. You know, put that in there. And then Definitely. Like it, whatever. But. Yeah. And like one of my first mentors, Doug, a paleon, he, he kind of taught me that. He's like, look, wherever you go, you need to hyper focus on like what they do good. Or like, if mm -hmm. you're going to work for a certain chef, they're always going to specialize in a certain piece of the whole. And you need to decide what you want to do or what you want to learn. And that's what you go find. And you like build those skill sets. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think it's a testament also to your personality that, you were like, you're actively looking for those things. Cause there are also so many people in um, the restaurant industry in particular that will just stay somewhere mm -hmm. because it's comfortable for 15, 20, whatever years, you know what I yeah. mean? And just be like, all right, well I'm, I'm making what I want to make. And this, you know, there's like no, no totally. other, you know, but it's a testament to, I think to your uh, creative uh, mindset and like, your like push to get better. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm just, I get really neurotic about things. If I'm into something, I'm like full in. Mm -hmm. uh, when I got into straight razors and fountain, like I got in fountain pens. 
I bought like a hundred fountain pens, a bunch of different inks, different nibs, different paper. For what? For just yeah, what you were doing? What you do? Were you doing calligraphy? What? Like what's Yeah. Up? So all right. First, I got into straight razors and right. safety razors. When was bought, this? Um, twenty twelve ish. Oh, okay. And I just was like, oh, that you know, I've always wanted like a cutthroat razor. So, and then I got on a form, right? I got on badger and, bl- uh, badger and blade. Wow. And so I'm like now deep in forums about wet shaving. <laughs> and, and Were you going to do other people's too or just like your own? No, nah, just, yeah, just for me. And I'm like reading about different brushes, different razors, and I'm going down the rabbit hole and they have like sub form or like uh, threads, obviously. And it's like cologne, dress shoes, leather boots, fountain pens. And so, Fancy boy shit. yeah, yeah, which I love. I love wearing suits. I love. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's because like I'm it. not like that at all. Yeah, uh, you normal. You know, like I'm still in my work attire right now. Yeah. But like I don't dress like that normally. But I love wearing a suit. Yeah, I actually have like ten suits. Really? Yeah, wow. most of I them mean, thrifted though. Yeah. How how many times a year do you wear? A suit? Oh fuck, like four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying like, unfortunately, we live in a place where suits isn't. Uh, you know. Yeah. Coming, but anyways, um, so you got so fountain pens, yeah. So I am really bad at spelling, and my handwriting is atrocious. Mine too. So I was like, okay, how can I push myself to learn how to spell and just write better? I was like, oh, I'll get more into calligraphy, and so I was like, oh, you know, fountain pens seem cool and like old school, and I love that shit. But so, like, so were you just doing ABC, like ABCs, like writing them out? Were you writing letters? Dude, like, I have a full like oh, uh, curriculum. From the 1800s of like what they used to teach kids would, first of all, their penmanship was great back then. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a full curriculum of like how to write. Um, I am Peth. You know, you can look that up online. It's great. Okay. Uh, so I used to practice that all the time and I've fallen off and I, I, I've actually recently just like found my fountain pens again. I've been playing with them and I want to get like back into it. And like, just like 10, maybe like 10, 20 minutes a day. Cause I'm trying to like really get back on the things that matter and like, put conscious effort into like skill sets that I want to learn. Um, but that's how I got into fountain pens. Yeah. But, from shaving. Well, well, I, I, you might be the, I mean, I get, there has to be other people, but like the idea that someone says, I really got into fountain pens. <laughs> like that's probably what I'm going to name this stuff. This, yeah. uh, this episode. It's <laughs> really a rare into, sentence that's yeah. not been said much. <laughs> but I mean, I bet you, uh, you I mean, did it improve? I mean, is your. It mistake? did. Um, when I was really practicing, it still depends. If I'm like going fast. Yeah, it reverts right back to just really bad chicken scratch. But if I'm yeah. like writing with conscious effort, uh, it it's definitely more legible and it's more uniform. The spacing is right, the shapes right. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's something that I really want to like concentrate on more. But going back to what we're talking about, like that's yeah. just how I am. I'm like yeah. really, I just get into things. Um, and for me, that's been the past ten years with cooking. It's I just find one aspect of the whole and I just go deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was working with Josh. All of a sudden, I had like nine books on just meat, uh, yeah. everything from sausage to curing, um, and like even right now, I just got Koji Alchemy, which I've been really interested in Koji since I did the sake uh, courses okay, yeah. um, a few years back, and this book's been out for about a year, but with my stint at luma and then like afterwards and leading up to now things were kind of weird and i was like i just stopped buying books and i stopped really digging in in any culinary knowledge and recently i was like i saw it again online i was like ah i'm gonna buy it Mm -hmm. and i started reading on the plane on the trip i just took and i was like holy shit i fucking love this shit like fermentation just whether it's mold-based fermentation or um acidic or anything else i just i love it 
So, yeah. And like, um, I mean, we'll, we'll get to where you're at now as far as uh, career wise, because that's mm-hmm. very interesting to talk <laughs> about uh, like eight books on meat and all that kind of stuff. Um, but at, like when you're uh, really getting into um, like all this and like getting on the meat and stuff, at any point, are you thinking like what your future is or are you just like, I'm going to just keep cooking? Like, I'm just, like that's all your, your only focus was to keep working in kitchens and keep cooking. Yeah, honestly, a lot of it was just I want to build as many skill sets as I can to be as well-rounded as I can be. And it was never like I really want to open this kind of restaurant. And I know at this age, like I never had goals set like that, which is probably why I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, Because I was just so driven on like being as well-rounded and as skilled as I could be. Um, So, yeah, I, I never had a lot of forethought. Like I, I know I want to open my own place. Yeah. But I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know yeah. what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And you think you got it. Yeah. I just want to be a badass. Like yeah. all it is, is like, I want to be a fucking badass. Yeah. I mean, that's a good goal to have. I think, I mean, in general, probably a lot of us think that. Yeah. You know I mean, just like in life, like I just want to be a badass, mm-hmm. like, especially in golf or, or you know, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, across the board also, you made not, when did you start making knives? Oh, so I started making knives because I was like, man, fuck cooking. This shit is eating me alive and I quit and I want to move on. So that was 2015, 2016. And where was I at at that time? That's when I left. Oh, I left Bison to work with Cadence. Okay, yeah. Love those guys. Yeah. Uh, there was just kind of a little rough patch of like what we were doing. And I was just kind of over it. I was just burnt on the industry as a whole. And I was like, you know what? I want to not do this anymore and I'm going to do something else. So. I've always really been interested in knives. So I got into knives back when I was like 19 and started cooking uh, really into Japanese steel. And actually back then I was wanted to kind of get into it. Yeah. Um, but there was nothing on the internet back then. Like you yeah. couldn't really find the resources. And then uh, around 2015, I think it was, I just stumbled upon it again and I had a little bit of money and I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy this little Harbor Freight grinder. I'll buy a little forge. And I just started kind of like fucking about. And then this time there's a few YouTube videos. There's uh, more forums. There's way more information. Yeah. Um, but I look at it now, a few years later, and it's, you can do anything you want now in the knife making world. I mean, there's full schematics for every single steel and heat treat methods. Yeah. And there's companies making everything you could buy for your garage. Uh, yeah. And it's yes. amazing. Yeah. Someone recently showed me some guy that works at Trader Joe's that makes like like fucking ninja star, like makes like flea market style knives. Like, you oh, know, like really? the ones yeah. that like the, you know, like a samurai sword or like a, you know, ninja star or like, you mm-hmm. know, a katana. Yeah. And he does like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And this guy's just bagging groceries at Trader Joe's <laughs> and he's in his like, you know, backyard doing that kind of shit. Yeah. But, and it's amazing. I mean, you look at Forge and Fire. I mean, it's just so popular now. Yeah. Which I think is great. Um, It's an amazing craft. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. It's. Uh, But yes, yeah, for me, it was like a segue. I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to make knives now because I'm so into knives. And I know and I honestly like have gathered or learned a lot of knowledge about like what makes a good culinary knife. Mm-hmm. And that was my main thing is like there's not a lot of guys making culinary knives. They're always like doing outdoor or like niche, like, you know, katanas. Well, they try to make katanas. Anything Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. A katana, yeah it's going to snap. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, around that time. And I was like, I said, that's when I started working at Dandelion, actually. Yeah. So I tried to make knives solely and it wasn't paying the bills. Like, like, yeah, it's like a and also job. like me as a person, like I'm so early into it. I couldn't charge how much I wanted to for a knife mm-hmm. because I felt like my skill set wasn't there. So I was never going to charge someone what it was really worth yeah. for the labor. 
Um, so I just had a buddy I worked with the Chocos that was running Dandelion. Um, and I just took a nighttime like kitchen manager job there to supplement my money. So I did both at the same time. That's awesome. And like, uh, and you're just like, I'm just making that. And like, is what was the best knife you think that you made that you were like, this is the, like, did you like, cause I know you like, uh, real quick to fast forward, you get rid, you've getting rid, gotten rid of your knife, knife tools. Yeah. And uh, like, uh, at, uh, at what point were you like, I think I'm getting a handle on this. Was there a knife that you're like, this is it. This is the one. Uh, so as far as like design and shape and like finish, I was really, really happy with the Nakiri that I made for Alex. Uh, a lot of people know him as Animal over at uh, Ravenous Pig. Um, that one was one of my favorite builds that I have done. Um, but I was never, ever happy with like my own personal heat treats because I had inadequate equipment and knowledge. Yeah. And I honestly should have just been sending my shit out to a professional to heat treat it and then get it back. Mm -hmm. But me being me, I'm like, I have to do everything myself from scratch yeah. or else it doesn't count. Yeah. There's a theme throughout this yes. whole episode, if you, you yep. notice. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. Nikiri, that sounds, I mean, did you give it to him for free? Did you charge for it? Oh, hell no. He paid for it. Yeah. Did, yeah. I forgot did, how much did, I charged him. Did he charge you? Did you charge what you thought it was worth? It was the best one. That's what I was asking. <sighs> um, it definitely was, I think, one of the more expensive ones mm -hmm. that I had charged. Um, but I was, it made sense, I think in the time and like where I was at, I think he only spent like $300 on it, which is kind of like a good, I think middle ground for a custom made knife. Yeah. Um, if I was like really good at what I was doing, I would charge like six fifty for it though. Yeah. Well, maybe one day you mm. pick it back up. When I get back, when I buy a house, I'm going to get back into it. Yeah. So you went to Dandelion, mm -hmm. which is a vegan place. Was, was, a was a vegan restaurant. Yeah. Yep. And is it true that, uh, I mean. Though I assume it's true that the reason that they closed down was because like all the workers were going on, said they were going to go on strike. So, and then he was like, fuck it, I'm closing up. I can't speak for the owners, although I know them really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, the situation that I had saw personally was, uh, they had some employees that were a little upset about certain quote unquote work conditions, whether it be pay and, um, safety and other practices. Uh, so they decided to form a union. Um, but what they actually did was start a Instagram page before it was, they formed a union and told everyone they formed a union and then blasted them at middle of the night, built a following, cancel cultured them, and then actually formed their union after everyone called them out on not being it. But at that time, the damage was already done. Yeah. Uh, they already like basically had half of the vegan community in Orlando against the owners who are amazing people, take care of their employees took care of their employees and did everything they could for them. Yeah. Uh, and it's very unfortunate what happened, but this, uh, yeah. Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you have, uh, more cho choice words to say that's Gen Z, but we'll, we're, uh, we'll keep pushing forward. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you're at Dandelion cooking vegan food. At what point were you like, I gotta get back to meat? Like, was that, was there like a moment where you're like, oh, you know shit. what it was? Uh, so I started dating Catherine at that time. And I honestly was just trying to show off. Um, oh, yeah. Because, you know, I met this really awesome chick and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a kitchen manager at Dandelion. And, you know, I shamed myself for like, I was like, we're going to, you know, we put raw things in the wraps and yeah. rolled them up. And um, I was like, okay, I have to like prove to this person that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And it actually took me like two years to realize like why I made this decision. But I met uh, Chris for coffee one day randomly at mm -hmm. East End. And he's like, hey, you know, we really need someone to come in. And I was like, oh, I mean, I could leave here. And they actually kind of pushed me out. Yeah. Uh, I 
don't subscribe to a lot of their idealism. So yeah. they were they definitely pushed me out, to be honest. <laughs> and that's okay. The, uh, the owners? The uh, no. Those really no, nice no, people no. you were talking about? No, the employees. Oh. The owners love me. Because, okay. uh, you know, you, that's, like you said earlier, like, I'll tell you when you're fucking up. And yeah. I'll tell you when you're not doing shit right. And that's yeah. why they brought me in. I, I put in a lot of systems and I was kind of the bad cop. Yeah. But, you know, they're like, oh, oh he offended me. Yeah, because you're stupid. <laughs> so. Um, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's all. I mean, like, well, I mean, it moved you to like, I mean, it's kind of like kismet that it, you went to yeah, Luma and then you. Definitely. Or the Sue there at Luma. Yeah. For, and I was really happy with that transition because once I got back into cooking like that. Yeah. It like rewoke a fire in me. Yeah. And I got really into it again. I definitely um, saw the fire. Yeah, <laughs> that was a different fire. I put that yeah, one away. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, so you did. Uh, you you cooked at Luma. Mm-hmm. That was, was there great. three years. Yeah, three years, and then so and then COVID happened, mm-hmm. and then you got you know you left there, and then so how did you get with your current job now? You which is Winter Park Best Company. Honestly, through Jess. So her and Mary were already friends for the past I think year and a half, two years. I'm not really sure they're tenure together. Um. And I was in a really dark place. I mean, after Luma closed, I was just binge drinking every day yep. for like two months. Weren't we all? Yeah. Around that time. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I was just like full on, just like didn't care about anything. I, so I got, um, uh, what's it called? Severance. Severance. Thank you. Uh, so I got severance. And so I was looking okay and I wasn't rushing a job. Uh, but I knew Mary was looking for someone to act as a consultant. And, you know, Jess brought up a few times, Mary had reached out to me a few times. And I kept like kind of brushing it off. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to North Carolina to see my dad. Well, I'm working till this date. And then finally, there was one day she'd call me. She's like, hey, do you want to meet? And I was like, okay, I probably need to start making money. So I went to meet with her one day and it seemed really simple, right? She was like, I just need a consultant uh, while I'm uh, after while I'm on maternity leave. And then after that, you know, you do whatever and I'll come back and everything's good to go. And I was like, cool, you know, I have some money for the next few months and then I should be settled again and I can figure out what I want to do in my life. Uh, Come to find out, it obviously is much more than that, as you know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it was a month and a half in, they were like, hey, I don't know what your plans are, but if you want to stay long term, let's start talking about terms. Yeah. At any point where you like, I should I'm back making vegan food. Um, I'm not saying that it's bad. You know what's funny I'm just saying that where you like. I think before it crossed my mind. All of my friends started saying it. Yeah. Uh, like Chris and Cooper gave me way more shit about it than mm-hmm. it was even like caught up to me. Yeah. Um, but. Because you just went from earlier being like, I had eight books on uh, curing and like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff to like, to like here right now. Yeah. Just back to plant-based and, um, you know, I don't know if food and cooking to me are just what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just making good food or yeah. like also what I'm learning more is like a business side of things. Yeah. We're here to not only be a successful business, but to create something that is also beneficial in a lot of like Mary's ethos Um, because it it plays into so many like multifaceted parts. That's really interesting. But like I look at this specific adventure as like how to run and start and like grow a business. Yeah. Um, For me, it's like the next step of like what it really means to be a business owner and a restaurateur. Just another uh, tool in the toolbox. Exactly. Yeah, and like, um, and so I mean, now that you're there, you're like, all right, I'm the next step. So like, if you if you had to skip ahead for like, let's say four years, five years, mm-hmm. what would that look like for you? Five years for me, three more of these restaurants, and then two other concepts with the group. 
with 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 the group with the group oh nice yeah like uh all vegan always you think i can't speak on that quite yet yeah okay um but two other concepts oh yeah right on that's awesome and like um so you kind of kind of uh respassed it of like um you know the fire like that's gone was there like as far as like i've told you this before recently that like even like our time together at luma Mm -hmm. like uh you didn't have like near like as many like i wouldn't call them freak out near as many um Maybe no like, freakouts. Or, or maybe maybe bull ups. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And like, um, but like, but you told me, you know, I assume like when you were at the club and like probably like, oh, uh, man, probably, when yeah. I was young or even Chocos, I was a, just yeah. a piece of shit. Oh, I, yeah, I can, yeah. I can, if the stories are true from what I've heard and then what you have said, I can only imagine. So like, what, what was the, what's like the transition? Is there anything like a testament to, cause like now I can see, because you you have a very readable face, yeah. even in your eyes and your like your body language and stuff. I see them. I yeah. still see the mentality, like or I see your body movement in that way. But it seems like you are way easier at compressing it and like yeah, like you know. I, I think it. it's just like personal growth, right? Like it's something that I have concentrated on a long time or focused on in my life is just controlling my personal anger and like how I respond to things. And you know, I've had so many mentors in my life. Uh, explain to me like uh, you'll get way better results just kind of being nice and explaining things and not being a fucking raging dick mm-hmm. um, but I think I have my dad's I definitely have my dad's anger yeah. that's, take, uh, that's something I'm very conscious of and mm-hmm. I work on every day of not just blowing up or like getting like you know full rage mode um, and I, I think I see it where there's it's it's easier to communicate with people you get more out of them they learn easier um, and it, it's just overall better. And it's something I, as I've practiced over time, I've noticed actually is more efficient way of going about things. So like, why would I not practice something that's more yeah. efficient? That's awesome. It's, it's so great to hear, especially like said someone as like, um, commendable and respectable as you as like a chef in the town. And like, I think that probably the restaurant like industry as a whole has probably, there's a lot of people like that's, that's changed that mm-hmm. you, that used to the norm used to be like, Hey, we're going to, like, we're going to th- whip things at you. Yeah. We're going to yell in your face or whatever. And like no one bad an eye. Like you couldn't even really complain to anybody because they'd be like, yeah, that's just the way that's it is. That's normal. Yeah. And, yeah, and like, I love that. It's like the new generations of chefs are, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, even the guys that are a generation above us, they have, were the first ones to really implement it. Yeah. Like Cooper, like, uh, I mean, he, like he's above us. He, I would assume. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, and like even. He's way different now from what I hear. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I talked to the guys over at uh, Osprey now and. A lot of them are old Luma people. And yeah. Like I, I don't even know who this is anymore. Like, 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 like nice. Yeah, now, yeah. Just like full, like very calm. And yeah. but I think it comes down to like stress levels. Yeah. Um. You, we're not dealing with certain higher ups that mm. just at, come in and add extra angst to our jobs when yeah. we're already like trying to do a lot of different things. Yeah. Um. I think and I think that's something that I've learned and Cooper is also being learning as well is fantastic owners i mean like yeah. people that are there for you that yeah. actually care about you and your well-being uh because they understand you're the one that's running their business mm-hmm. you know they're trusting you a lot to make sure things run right and they're just good people it's just being working yeah. for good people yeah i mean and like uh, hopefully more and more i think this town like uh you know definitely is going to see a growth of those type of people mm-hmm. and that's exciting yeah. um so we'll get out with our closing question is do you have uh uh, recommendation as far as Florida, Orlando, something maybe even that hasn't reopened. 
you're in COVID or hasn't, you know, uh, the maybe even something you haven't done in a while. Um, ours this week was um, last year we went to uh, Tampa and went to the, they have a drive-in movie theater there. Oh, nice. At uh, like, it's like, a, uh, it's a flea market during the day and then mm-hmm. a drive-in movie theater at night. And like it, like it connects to your uh, car radio. And then we just got like a six pack and like burgers and just sit on the hood and watch. Oh, that's awesome. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. And we haven't done it in a while. And it's definitely on our list of to get back to. Do you have anything like that? Or maybe like I said, it can be a restaurant. It can mm-hmm. be. You know, I think right now for me is, uh, is Shinjun. Like I am looking forward to them reopening. They burnt down. I think, I can't remember. It was, I, I believe it was pre COVID. Okay. Where, where's that at? Uh, off of Colonial. Uh, in between Bumby and what's past Bumby, I can't think right now. Like in between Bumby and Primrose or Fern Creek, it's in between there. Uh, it's a Korean restaurant, yeah. and I used to go there all the time. Fantastic. Uh, they had a little grease fire in their hood system. You know, uh, happens yeah. when you got a bunch in the dining room. Don't clean it. Yeah. Um, but they're rebuilding right now, and I'm really excited to go back and like enjoy that because uh, I actually went to dinner with or I had dinner with Cooper and Chris yesterday, and that yeah. just I think just being around people again, like yeah, in like how I think food should be is like interacting and sharing yeah. with each other and just like being in a group and not being weird for people that you know you can't be around more than three yeah, people and you, like feel strange. Yeah, you you might die. Yeah, and what was it? Oh, what you said Chin, Chin? What was it? Shinjun. Shin. Which I'm probably not saying it right. I'm not Korean, so I don't know. That's what <laughs> I say. Is that uh? Would you call that your favorite Asian style food? No. Oh no. What, what is it? Chuan Lu, baby. Oh, no. Yeah. Chuan Lu. That says Ron. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, we, we ordered drunkenly last night, ordered uh, $50 worth of uh, uh, Chinese food. Beautiful. Yeah. General So's and the wings and. You, you would go to Chuan Lu and get General So's. Oh, yeah. That's not, that's not where we went. We went to like, <laughs> oh, okay. we went to like a, a China star. Or oh, then that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I love Chen, Chen Lu's as well. But, um, I mean, you, have, you don't have anything to plug. You want to plug your Instagram? Do you, do you care? Uh, no, I'm still working on, like, I actually have to, like, start a professional one. So, yeah. uh, not quite yet. But, yeah. But I mean, follow Winter Park Biscuit Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah, the, all the listeners we have. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, so, um, as always, uh, follow me and artist uh, Jordan C. Jones for any kind of upcoming paintings I'm working on or any of that good stuff. Um, thanks for listening to Instant Friends.